Welcome to the Qualitox Podcast, a show about pharma and GMP. I'm Jan Kugel, your host, and today my guest is Nathan Roman, the Director of Validation at Genesis AEC, continuing our podcast series. Nathan is passionate about thermal validation and loves helping people learn how to implement and carry out temperature mapping studies and equipment qualifications. Today's podcast will cover all you need to know about creating good qualification protocols. I want to thank Upri, a leading temperature compliance service with the most innovative and stable solution on the market for sponsoring this podcast episode. Hi Nathan. It's great to have you back for our series about temperature monitoring. Today we will discuss the essentials of qualification protocols. Are you ready to begin? Hey, Jan, it's great to be back. Yes, I'm absolutely ready. Great. To ease into it, let's start with an introductory question that should help industry newcomers. What is a qualification protocol and why it's so important to get it right? That's a really great question, Jan. Uh, the definition of a protocol is uh, a written plan describing the process to be qualified and how the qualification is to be conducted. Um, it's the, the protocol is necessary to define the specific items and uh, activities that will um, constitute um, the proper tests that you plan to conduct for, for your equipment or systems. Um, a properly developed qualification protocol will help ensure that the equipment meets all the documented uh, requirements and um, proves that the equipment performs as expected. So Nathan, where do you start when preparing the qualification protocol and what do you need to consider beforehand? I think the first step to writing an effective protocol is to understand the project and its requirements. Uh, another step would be to have templates or a basic format for protocols for IQ, OQ, PQ protocols um, help to assure the consistency in the documentation, um, document prep. But to achieve the first step of writing effective protocols, I created a prereq form, a prerequisites form. Uh, that form helps in a way to um, better understand the project and a way to make protocol generation more effective, uh, more efficient. Because um, we all know that when trying to generate a document or even when executing a document, those unfulfilled prerequisites are a major cause of downtimes and wasted dollars. Um, so the prerequisite form enables us to cut down costs and essentially to deliver a thorough protocol. Can you give us some examples of what a good qualification protocols might include? Sure, absolutely. Uh, once, once the customer would complete the prereq form and send it back to you, um, then you'd have the information you need to begin preparing uh, the document. Um, information such as, you know, the their contact info. Who's the primary point of contact for this validation protocol? Um, you know, identifying the roles uh, for the protocol, review and approval. Um, as you know, we need to review and approve these documents and, and that sign-off sheet. Um, or if it's an electronic um, documentation management program, those um, those approvers and um, 
reviewers and approvers are, are required to know. Um, general equipment information about the equipment or system, um, ID, manufacturer, uh, model number, serial number, uh, specific details about the equipment, process range, um, operating set points, alarm set points, etc. Um, you'd be um, looking for calibration information, calibration status, um, cal date, due date, um, doc documentation um, of previous validation status, prior qualification numbers, SOPs, change controls. Um, that's you know um, facilitating the this disqualification, whether it's a new or existing or or a requalification, um, and any supporting documentation that um, is pertinent to this document development, such as manuals, templates, um, user guides, and any type of specs. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the types of things that would go into uh, a qualification protocol. Um, obviously the uh, the operational tests and test scripts that that um, you know provide information on on how the op how the unit operates how the equipment functions um, how it's how it's to perform or is expected to perform what would you say are some of the most common problems at different stages of the qualification protocol that you typically encounter some of the common problems that I see uh, when executing or even developing qualification protocols uh, are, like we had mentioned earlier, unfulfilled uh, prerequisites, not having the information that you need to fill out the document um, can, can really hold up the review and approval process, let alone even get to the execution. Um, so not having the information in, in a timely fashion or at all uh, not even knowing what to ask for um, to to help you develop your document, that's that's an issue that can be resolved, um, provided you have that information um, requested up front. Um, the uh, the other issue that I see is um, good documentation practices. Uh, in the old days, GDP, but um, now that's not um, referenced as GDP as so much. Um, but good documentation practices, um, and I think that's a training issue. Um, so you know, um, folks that that need to to learn um, GDP to to understand um, initialed and initial and dates um, verified by reviewed by um, understanding the significant figures, um, uh, understanding a clear way to write comments in a protocol. Um, so I think that, uh, GDP is, is a common problem. Um, unfortunately that, that, that exists when executing protocols. Um, but again, that, that can be taken care of with some training. Um, the, another common problem is the approach to attachments and, and, and labeling the attachments. Lots of folks don't have a firm grasp of, um, attaching these protocols or attaching the, um, the, the, the spec sheets, manuals, drawings, um, you know, um, printouts, things like that to the protocol, um, properly. They, 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 sometimes they, they just attach it. They just, you know, um, put it at the end of the binder, but you know, is there an attachment log? Is there, um, are these, um, attachments labeled properly? 
Um, you know, and if something would fall out of the document, would you know where it goes and what it belongs to, let alone what document? So some of those um, would be common problems that, that, I, that I definitely see out there. Before we continue to the next question, let me thank you pre again for sponsoring this event. If you want to upgrade your data loggers, you should know that UPRI's wireless temperature data logger constantly sends data to web-based software via Wi-Fi. It provides real-time temperature reports of your refrigerator, freezer, storage area, etc. For ultimate compliance, once temperature deviation happens, it will immediately send you an SMS and email alarm which minimizes the risk during the monitoring process. So make sure to visit them at upri.com. It's eupry.com later today. How would you say that uh, qualification protocols are changing with the introduction of new technologies? So from my experience, I see a lot of big consultancies trying to use plug and play solutions. So does it still work? I hear you. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good question, actually. Um, so I would have to say the qualification protocols are changing um, with the introduction of new technologies uh, in, in different ways. One being the introduction of, you know, the paperless um, validation. And I know that's not a brand new thing. It's been around for, you know, uh, over a decade now. But the concept or the um, incorporation is is new, starting um, to be more um, recognized and accepted. So that's when I say that that's feeling like it's new because, you know, the traditional way of, of executing protocols or, or developing them um, is all paper-based and, you know, you, you develop the document, you get it approved, and then you print it out and you go execute, right? But with the paperless, um, everything's done online. And, you know, you, you walk around in, uh, with the tablet and, you know, you check a box instead of initial and date, um, you know, ver you know, those types of things. So in that, in that regard, it's definitely changing, um, because, um, you know, it's as far on my end of things for the consulting side, the, the cost to develop documents, um, goes down a tad because you, you are no longer having to you know, recreate documents from scratch or use a template to, to, to write up a document because in those uh, paperless uh, validation applications, you have, a, you know, uh, templates inside that system where you can, you know, quickly draw up um, the, the equipment or the system and, and create a protocol for your specific instance. Um, but you mentioned the plug-and-play solutions. So uh, for those that may not quite know what that is, um, the, the plug-and-play would be, you know, um, the, the vendor building their the equipment um, and um, testing it, certifying it at their facility and delivering it to you. And um, you have the confidence that that testing um, you know, holds true in that you don't, you don't need to perform testing. Uh, you can just utilize your equipment, you know, similar to the, uh, the idea, I guess, of, you know, um, offsite construction in building a house where everything is, is done, um, at their facility and they deliver a fully furnished, 
you know, functioning home for you. Um, but I'm not so sure that in, in our industry just yet that people are going to buy off on those um, plug and play ideas on some items. It could, I could see it um, working out, but um, others, we still have a little bit of a ways to go. I think to, to truly have confidence in, um, in that approach. Uh, I know that a lot, a lot of folks in the industry, um, especially on the quality side, want to see the testing done in-house. Uh, a lot of things do change once um, the equipment is delivered, installed, hooked up to networks, hooked up to the in-house piping, um, drainage, um, you know, the ventilation, the airflow. So there's a lot of different things that still would be required to be tested. But um, but I understand your question. And, and yeah, it could certainly change things a bit. But uh, but I don't think that it's going to make that big of an dr- impact just yet. I bet that throughout your career, you have seen some very bad protocols. Do you have also some crazy or funny stories uh, to tell about it? Sure. Yeah. Over the years, um, a lot of protocols. Um, I, I guess what I can I can provide to you now is a story about. Uh, I guess I'll just pick on myself, for example. Um, Back early on in my career, um, as a validation specialist, um, it, I think it would fall under the the the, the premise of um, lack of experience or maybe training. But early on, executing a protocol for a piece of equipment in in a clean space, um, I was trying to um, just follow the test scripts and. You know, like it starts out with power on the uh, the piece of equipment, and as I was attempting to do that, the uh, the equipment was not powering on. Um, it wasn't it wasn't turning on. It wasn't functioning. Um, you know, so I was concerned that something was wrong with the piece of equipment, and so I alerted the facilities manager, and they took me at my word that the piece of equipment wasn't functioning. It wasn't turning on. It didn't have power. So they took me at my word and they uh, hired out a um, electrical engineer to come in and check out the system, make sure, you know, that it, that it wasn't, um, wasn't a problem, was functioning properly. Well, come to find out um, the facilities manager later found me and told me that it was as uh, simple of a problem as not being plugged in. So, you know, that was, that was kind of nuts, um, kind of goofy, uh, of myself to, to, to let happen. Um, I felt pretty darn embarrassed that I didn't even verify that the, the piece of equipment was plugged in before I was trying to, to actually execute any of the protocol test scripts. So that's, that's kind of silly. Um, but since then have learned, but another, um, th- crazy, thing that I've found uh, on a protocol was um, actually it was a, a document that I was reviewing for, for a customer and it was a PQ uh, for a piece of um, equipment. And I'm not real sure what had happened, but um, the, the document that I was reviewing was, um, was ripped in half. The approved document was ripped in half and taped back together and executed. Um, so I'm not sure what happened there, but that would be be, that would be a, a you know a no go that would not be allowed 
Um, but, but yeah, so that was, that was pretty crazy protocol being ripped in half and, um, and taped together and executed. So pretty nuts if you ask me. So Nathan, do you have any good resources that you can recommend for people to learn more about the best practices of writing good qualification protocols or addressing issues during the measurements and when they encounter deviations, for example? I got to be honest here that um, I'm, I'm not too sure where you can go to get um, better resources to, to learn about writing protocols. Um, I, I, I don't think that it, 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 it exists really other than, you know, some, some training that you might find online um, around, you know, maybe some um, GDP, maybe some, you know, um, GMP training, but writing good protocols, um, it, it, I don't, I'm not sure that, that I can provide a, a reference or a resource, but I do know that there are training platforms out there uh, that do provide um, a lot of content and a lot of good information. Um, I'm definitely trying to put out information uh, now about um, writing protocols, about qualification, uh, what's in a protocol, what's to, to be expected, um, what the prerequisites are to write a document. Uh, I'm, I'm putting this kind of information out there because I, I felt that there was a, a lack of it. So now as, as far as putting courses together and things like that to help train people, um, that has been something that has been weighing on my mind. I've been talking to you know folks um, over at, at Viva, for example. Um, I have um, a friend over there and, you know, just talking about training courses. And I think something like that um, is, is lacking um, really in the industry for, for folks, for, especially for the newcomers that are coming into the industry, um, having to put protocols together, having to execute. You know, a lot of this stuff is, is learned on the job. And um, I think that um, if, you know, if there was just a, some free courses out there that can provide people a little bit of um, training on writing, executing what goes in the document, what do you need to look for, um, how to execute the document, things like that uh, would be truly beneficial. Great, Nathan. So before we finalize our session today, is there anything else uh, that you would like to add, something that uh, uh, we missed, didn't talk about, but you feel it's very important for the audience to know? Sure, thank you. Yeah, I guess um, uh, one final note that that I'd just like to say is I know that to some folks out there, validation and qualification uh, might seem like a, a long drawn out process um, sometimes. And it's true, commissioning qualification um, validation is filled with, you know, documents upon documents sometimes, uh, testing and, and more testing, um, you know, with many hours spent in the field or behind your desk. But, you know, understanding how to be efficient in validation, um, you know, discussing the things that we're discussing, going over the topics, uh, yawn that, that you're bringing to the table um, is an integral step to to uh, quality assurance, to understanding quality and the many different aspects of compliance in the life sciences industry. So, you know, with that, I'd like to just leave us 
and say that, you know, the work that you are doing out there matters, right? Helping life science organizations uh, ensure the quality and safety uh, when carrying out these commissioning, qualification validation projects, uh, protocols, writing protocols um, in an efficient manner, you know, it ultimately ultimately leads, leads to saving lives, you know? So just wanted to um, put that out there. And, um, and I, I really appreciate having uh, me on the show. And uh, I look forward to doing it again. As always, thank you, Jan. Great, Nathan. So thank you very much for another very insightful session. I will say to you farewell for now, but we will meet soon for another uh, session on the topic of uh, temperature mapping. Sounds great to me, Jan. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Quality Talks podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. If you want to learn more about GMP, please visit us at www.qualistory.com. Stay compliant and see you at the next one.